welcome back to Part of the Story, Red Deer Public Library's official podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Brown, and this month we are celebrating Canadian Library Month with Karen Drock, Youth Outreach and School Services Manager, sort of newly minted. That's right, yes. <laughs> Formerly uh, the Timberlands Branch Manager, so not like out in the world, and she's come to us. She's been with us for a long time. Small hiatus. A couple. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) So um, for Canadian Library Month, I thought we could start a little bit to let people know um, sort of the history of it, because I didn't know until I was looking up for the podcast. So the 2020 theme for Canadian Library Month is one card, one million possibilities. And the month celebration was launched in 2006 by the Canadian Library Association. But the first National Library Week was way back in March 1958. That's impressive. Right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I always like Canadian Library Month, and I like when we talk about Canadian Library Month. Mm-hmm. And usually at the library, it means Red Deer Reads. Is or it has, not, yeah. Do we launch it? No. We, I, have I our author, <laughs> we, have our, we have our author visit in right. October, usually, yes. as like the culmination. Yes, every um, other year, though. So yeah. COVID has not disrupted anything this year. Yeah. So hopefully next year, we'll be welcoming an author of unknown origin mm-hmm. as yet. Hopefully, we'll be back into that. So to get started on Canadian Library Month, because libraries aren't just your professional life. You went to the library as a child. You worked here as a teenager. So do you have like a personal memory that sort of like stands out to you, you know, from when you were a kid or maybe when you first started here? Um, no, I don't <laughs> have a personal memory. I just know my family always went to the library on Sundays. I could be a little wrong. Like maybe we didn't go every single Sunday, but that was our library day. Yeah. Um, I, I do actually have a photo of me being, I must be like four or five. and um, me, baby Karen. Yes, and a little pink coat. <laughs> and I think I'm showing some summer reading club craft to Donna Alberts, who oh, was the children's really? librarian, who was my boss later on. So um, that's just kind of when I came across that picture. I just thought it was the neatest Like full thing. circle. Yeah, yeah. That's adorable. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I just have great uh, memories of the library. Like I remember the children's library in the basement and then going yeah. to the new library. Not so new anymore. <laughs> and just like I love the craft and drawing books. And I just I, I took so many books home. So I just it. remember being so excited because uh, we also came. I think Sundays rings true to me as well, but maybe that's not true either. But it was definitely like a weekend day. Like my whole family came and we got to pick out two books and like one videotape because hello. Yeah, it was the 90s. Um, But I also remember getting that library card and they used to print the names on them. So I remember having like a wallet with nothing in it except for my library card. It was green and white and it said my name. And I was just like, well, obviously I'm an adult now, so I have a library card. Also priority. Right? (laughs) No money, just a library card, which kind of goes with the theme of like one card, one million possibilities. Because when you think about how much the library really does offer, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting. I was talking to one of our coworkers upstairs and uh, she was helping someone put a hold on for one of those radon kits. And when you think about like libraries, you think like books, you probably think about DVDs, but you probably don't think about radon kits or book club kits even, or what are those called? Arduinos? Yeah. Yeah. So like all kinds of like weird stuff. So yeah. like there is like possibilities. Right. Some library. libraries loan out uh, baking pans. Ooh, and lots. tools, right? Tools, yes. I've been involved in a tool lending library. Very fun. See, that makes me so excited. I love the idea of tool lending. Maybe one day here. Yeah, maybe. Although it would be such like, I would just want to borrow everything. I wouldn't need anything. I would just want to borrow them all and play. 
So how long approximately on and off have you worked in libraries then? Um, so I started as a page, so I'll be now be a shelver, I guess, um, in, I think, 1999. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I volunteered a bit before that. Um, so I, I did do a chunk as a page, um, and then I stopped to go to Ranger College, so that was like four or five years off. And then I was back. So I have not worked here for 20 years, but <laughs> it's probably been 15 on and off. Wow. So, yeah. That's a lot. And a great place to work. And when did you decide, though, that like libraries was going to be your professional career? Like Karen has recently, well, in the last, what, three years ago? Four years Four ago. Four years ago already <laughs> committed, like you did your master's, yeah. like you finished your master's and you had been working at Red Public Library during that time as yeah. well. So what sort of said to you, yes, this is this is my professional calling basically uh I, I actually it did not like have a moment probably where that happened it was just over time like i finished my english degree anyone who's majored in english <laughs> knows it is not the most practical degree in the world but i would do it over again i enjoyed it so much um and i had a hard time finding a job after that ended up back at the library and i, I just knew i did not want to work somewhere like in sales or i just like the idea of working in a nonprofit organization yeah. Um, and then I, I just have enjoyed so many experiences here, like um, volunteering. I volunteered for the Summer Reading Club years ago. <laughs> um, I love doing paging because I love the organization involved there. Um, and then I worked in member services, so handling the materials, learning more about customer service. Yeah, and, very customer facing that one. Yeah, and then yeah. I worked in the children's department. And I think all those opportunities made me realize that I really enjoyed the library. Um, but I needed, I needed a challenge, I think, um, and I, I was looking into different options, and then um, I heard that the University of Alberta was offering their first online master's program, so I got onto, um, I think it was just like an email list if you're interested, and then I managed to get into their first um, online program, and like it just kind of fell into place at that time. So. Nice. Yeah, I, I never, actually, when I was in high school, you had to um, do, like, your career thinking. <laughs> yeah. I remember looking at the title librarian and six years of post-secondary education, and I was like, no, I'm like, my, my, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> my generation was the first one to, like, some of my cousins have university degrees. Yeah. Most of my aunts, uncles, parents never oh, same. went to university, yeah. so I just never considered it. And particularly yeah. not for six years, right, right. off the bat. It yeah. just seemed daunting, yeah. and just there was no rush to, to achieve that, and it just yeah, fell into place, and um, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. Oh, nice. So you did have a small sojourn, let's call it, um, in Cochrane. Yes. Uh, two, two years ago now? Um, about yeah yeah uh, I've been back for almost two years yeah. okay so how did you like living in a little mountain town and being part of a even like a, a small library very like sort of villagey town library yeah that was a really interesting experience and I'm glad I had that opportunity um, so I ended up going there because I didn't have permanent full-time work here otherwise I would have stayed but it was such a great experience Cochrane's a really interesting town because they're so close to Calgary so um, they're still a town but they're they're like a big town <laughs> small city um, the train goes through you have to 
you have to choose which road you want to take to work or the train can stop you, <laughs> that kind of thing. But it was interesting because um, like their library even has a train mural in it. Like the train is a big part of the town. Okay. Um, something I really liked about the Cochrane Library was that they're a regional library. Um, so they are small, uh, but they serve the surrounding area as well as Cochrane. Um, and they're part of... Um, Marigold Regional Library System, uh, which is, I believe, after Calgary and Edmonton Public Libraries, it's the third largest system in Alberta. Oh, wow. So I don't think I realized that, that Marigold was that big. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's yeah. um, a well-kept secret, Marigold. Maybe get out there yeah, more. Yeah, so they, us how big you just, are. <laughs> well, Cochrane has such interesting uh, things that they've done there. Like, they lend out power tools, uh, garden tools. Um, you can loan out a generator, or you could at that time. Yeah. Um, I see they got um, those things you walk on in the winter. <laughs> Snow shoes. <laughs> Snow shoes. Um, I think you can rent life that's, jackets. That's super interesting because, yeah, you probably would only use that a handful of times if you purchased it yeah. and probably a handful of times over like 20 years. Right. Um, like, obviously, if you you know, borrowed them and loved them, you could buy your own. But mm -hmm. that's a really smart play, actually. Yeah. But part of their thinking was they're so close to the mountains yeah. and like a very outdoorsy population there. So you, I think when you're considering what kind of um, new service do we want to offer, you have to think too about your, who's using the library. Very civic community. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. So, okay. <laughs> so, What's your current focus? We said that you were the Youth Outreach and School Services Manager. What does that mean to serve the general public and how can you best explain that? Okay, so it is a new title for me. I'm still getting used to the whole, uh, what it encompasses. Um, so my focus is, um, so youth outreach, um, because um, not everyone comes to the library. There's um, so much we can do in the community is that um, we wanted to have more of an outreach focus, so um, our DAW branch manager, Tatiana Tilly, now oversees uh, most of our outreach, which means um, working with our community partners, finding new partners, um, so other organizations in the city, um, anyone who approaches the library and, and says, like, we have a, a well, it, there's a possibility for a collaboration. But then, um, there's a lot of outreach opportunities, but then youth outreach alone is like, there's that's a big part of what we do. Um, for years, we've had um, the classes can come to the library, they can book a tour. Um, a lot of times it was for our children's department because it's the, the old fire hall, it's kind of fun to yeah. tour. Um, but you could bring your class to any of our three library branches. Um, so there's that school outreach. Um, so I guess coming to the library is not so much outreach, but it's those community partnerships. Um, also, um, a community organization could have library staff go to them. Like uh, we've gone to daycares um, or preschools. Um, and maybe a gymnastics we, place. you I and I went there. to one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went to that was Premier Academy, I think, yeah. a number of years ago. And I think uh, I think you were doing memberships. I think I was at the time. Yeah. And I believe uh, I think Deb and I did a story time, oh, possibly. Yeah, I think there was. I think you guys took the puppet theater there. Yeah, I think we did a puppet <laughs> show, read some stories, so you could book staff from the library for a tour, which um, we will be doing that eventually. Hopefully, yeah. things are very different right now. Um, so just that outreach is a big part of, uh, there's just so much opportunity, um, and I think it'll work nicely not being separated by the three branches so much, but having 
one person who oversees outreach as a whole and then I will be overseeing that youth outreach aspect and then there's a lot of collaboration too like I work a lot with um, staff who have done outreach or are going to be involved with that as well as with Tatiana um, just for that whole outreach picture um, and then part of my job is also the school library service so that's something I did before um, for anyone who doesn't know um, uh, two of our branches provide service to two schools so the Daw Library is also the school library for St. Pat's School. Um, the Timberlands branch is the school library for Equalberry Wilson School. Um, so instead of having like those different services, like they were very similar, very, yeah. but just to um, have some more consistency. And especially this year, because we can't have classes coming into the library, we had to completely rethink what that looked like. It's delivering the books to the classes. Um, and I that was my big project this week was uh, how's that gonna look get our get our supplies and stuff together um, and it, it is working really well that I'm overseeing all of that um, but like we'll see I think there's gonna be kinks to work out but yeah. um, but it's yeah. nice to have sort of one point person right exactly yeah you know what what the expectation is for both schools because right. all staff are working at all branches right. at this time mm -hmm. so if you're providing school service at Timberlands mm -hmm. um, so for Barry Wilson, what does that look like in the reverse at DAW for St. Pat's? So if it's one person, then you know exactly where the answer to be found is. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's quite good. Um, do you, like what do you feel like is sort of the most important thing right now in terms of not interrupting the school service in, like, cause it is somewhat interrupted, it's modified, but like what is the most important thing about getting books to the kids do you think like what's like what would you for us not to provide books I think there was a discussion sort of in the summer like what if we didn't and then I think all of us were like but no so like finding this modified school service and it's a it's school dr driven as well like what are the schools ready for what are they prepared for type of thing but what do you think is like sort of the most important part of this new modified well, literacy is just so important like in the past when the classes came into the library we had our routine where we would read them a story they would come browse they would check out their books that was basically the process um, so we kind of had to go like what can we offer do we need to be reading that story well a teacher can read the story just fine but um, so classrooms usually have a classroom library but I have heard from teachers that um, can we please start getting some books we've run out of classroom library books so they just have like those schools have access to so much more than a typical school library would have because our collections are bigger because we serve the public as well as the schools um, so I think the biggest focus is that literacy. Some families have library cards. They come to the library regularly. Some students even are old enough to come independently. Um, but then there's other families that, for whatever reason, they do not have a library card. Um, and even like we serve um, at Barry Wilson, it's a French immersion school. So sometimes so the, even if they have books at home or whatever, well, maybe the, they're not getting access. Then the parents yeah. don't always speak French, so they aren't going to buy books. Like that's that would be very expensive. Yeah. Um, my family would have spent a fortune based <laughs> on all the books we went through. Uh, so just to make that sure that libraries literacy is accessible um, to all students. Plus, it's exciting. I think for like 
it was very cute. So I worked at Timberlands some years ago, two years, I don't know, even a while ago. And the little kids were so excited to like mm-hmm. pick out their books and to take them home. And I guess they sort of get to pick them up now. I'm sure the teacher will sort of let them choose what interests them and then they can take them home and then you have a new book for the week and it's it was cute. I remember being excited in elementary school taking my little book home from high community school and being like, I have one and it's just it's exciting. Yeah. It's a part of their little school process that school processes are very different for them. So mm-hmm. to keep that continuity of I still have a library book and we're still sort of in their minds. I think so, like, yeah. That's I like that idea of that. And it's it's harder for sure and I you're probably going to miss those little interactions of having the littles come in and be excited, Miss Karen, and you're reading them a book and you're helping them find the stories. It'll be different for all of us. Yeah, well, I did go into some of the classrooms this morning and I did hear a few, oh, it's the library lady, (laughs) or I've also been referred to as the library before, so. (laughs) Library just by yourself. Yeah, yeah. it's very powerful. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Um, What, like, personally, what do you miss most about not having the kids come in or not having the teachers come in. It's that interaction. Like, it is so much different this year. Like, I correspond by email very easily. I often prefer email. Um, but I really miss that um, seeing the teachers face-to-face and the kids, like the teachers just, they have so much on their plates all the time, but yeah. especially now. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I'm sure they get many emails a day. So the best way to touch base was in person. For a couple minutes, yeah. And just to get to know them a little bit and, you know, you'd get to chat a little bit. And some of those teachers have been there for several years. Uh, Barry Wilson is not an old school, so yeah. like not like long term, yeah, but not still. Like 30 years, but, yeah. but even working with them for a year, like yeah. um, and the way that a lot of them promote literacy, they recognize the value of libraries. Yeah. Um, they're kind of kindred spirits. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I do really miss that, and I've been looking for opportunities to try to connect even today, chatting with some of them and hearing some say, oh, we've been waiting for you. It's like, it's, Which must have been nice to hear. It, yeah. Because typically we would have started school service oh, in yeah. September. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and we would have probably had the classes in even the week before. Right. Just sort of meeting them and letting yeah. them know expectations and stuff. So it's been a strange September for you. It has been. And also, like, normally we would be getting, yeah, like, as you said, by now, classes would have been coming for a few weeks. Um, so they've got that routine. You would recognize kids who have been going to the school for yeah. years. It, depending on how well-behaved they are, you might know their name very well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's true. just so fun to see them grow up and, like, to see them um, on and off over the last, like, four years or so and then just not see them at all. It was a great day today to go in and recognize those kids. So, oh, And especially since, like, we actually have not interacted with them unless they use the library personally. We haven't seen them since March. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, you, you think about the summer vacations, but, mm-hmm. yeah. This break is, break, let's call it. I'm using quotations, you can't see it close (laughs) enough, but I am. Um, Yeah, I just, I sort of forgot about that. But like, my favorite, and I know school-aged children grow up fast, like over the year, absolutely, but it's the kindergarten kids. Mm -hmm. Like what they look like in September and how they interact with you and what they look like in June and how they interact with you. That is an arc. That is a story arc. Yeah. And I, like, I miss that part of it. Mm -hmm. And not getting to know, like those little littles, in their first year is yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. There's one girl in particular, I won't name her because privacy, um, but she was in my kindergarten class and then she happened to be in my grade one class and then she was in my grade two class. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, 
you see them grow mm-hmm. up and she visits the library with her family and she knows me and it's Miss Claire and then we have a little conversation and I miss that the most of Well, I try not to play favorites, but you do get your favorites, right? <laughs> well, it's nice having those little interactions. It's not like I didn't like any other of the children, but she was the only one that I had like a repeat. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the other ones didn't. Maybe it was just like a mix of things and my days were different. I'm not sure, but she was one of my well and also reading to the classes that was super fun and like just that when you can share how fun a story is and or even like a story with a more of a a meaning to it I know once you had found a book called like everybody's welcome here or something and like so some some books just have great messages and then to have the kids just like really paying attention and then can I have that book yeah. right away afterwards <laughs> That's the only one they want. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also a compliment yeah. so you you know like you've made an impact hopefully a little bit and reading to the classes I loved reading um, in my final year at Timberlands I think from grade ones to grade threes I read a chapter book so we read one chapter a week and we started with sideways stories from Wayside School but like that turned problematic very quickly and I know that there are many fans of it out there I myself was a very big sideways. <laughs> but like once you go back and read it with the eyes of a 2020 well it was probably like 2018 but like mm, I don't know that I should be reading it out loud to a class now I'm not saying it's a bad book but maybe that's for parents to decide but then we read um some of like little chapter previews like Witch Tree or whatever and it sort of gets them thinking mm-hmm. about books in a different way because sometimes you'll suggest something to them and they'll be like oh this was good and because you didn't read it to them in the class they don't want it but if you read it two weeks from now you know a little chapter preview then it's like there's seven of them that want it exactly so that not having that interaction to get them excited about books mm-hmm. is sort of sad this year well like missing an opportunity this year it is yeah, yeah. So, so, but the year is still young, so true. we don't know what we'll what we'll be able to do. Hopefully, our second wave is short and small. Yeah, and then by you know twenty twenty one, we'll have those last visits once more. I don't know. I'm not counting on it, but yeah, fingers but like, crossed, still, right? Like things change really quickly the first time. Maybe yeah. doing the reverse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so I want to talk a little bit because you were talking about outreach and how that's a little bit different this year and not talking about school service but just our general outreach that we've done so typically in the past youth outreach has been events like festival of trees or the children's fest um, that happens in june um we're talking there's been some talk internally and i think externally about offering virtual tours um how important is is it for you to find these outreach opportunities that might not be in-person opportunities at this time I think outreach um, is important. I think there's always opportunities to make connections. Um, there's like, I don't know off the top of my head how many people in Red Deer have library memberships, but it is nowhere near 100%. So there's always room for, uh, for improvement. Um, we can't always expect people to come to us anymore. Uh, people are busy. They've yeah. got a lot going on. Um, that's why it's important that we go to them. Um, last summer, we um, got our new library book bike and started doing like the outreach story Summer times. 2019, not pandemic. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, it was like baby steps yeah. forward. Um, so I, I think it's and really important. for a rainy season. Right. It was a very exciting project. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think um, building on those opportunities, it was such a great idea um, and it would have been fantastic if we could have continued, like just picked up where we left off yeah. once we like students knew how to ride the bike and like it was a learning process and then this year there was none of that 
Um, so and like not very rainy. It was a very good. It would have worked like really somewhere. well. Yes. Um, yeah, like we all, we've been hearing from a lot of organizations who are like a lot of organizations have also had to kind of restructure their services, and now they're putting out feelers going like, what services do you offer? Um, what they maybe knew before about the library might have changed. Um, so I think we're all navigating this unknown time kind of together. So. Um, and there's a lot of organizations that, like, we do partner with a lot of organizations. It might be some kind of, like, official partnership. It might be something more unofficial. But there is so much room for potential, like, to connect with daycares and preschools. Um, and, yeah, so many youth um, organizations. Um, even the people, like, say when we go to a children's festival, we connect with a lot of people there, but how many of those people do come back to the library? Yeah. So just to keep building on that, I think is a really important focus. And I think part of it is letting people know that you're there sort of when you need them. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it doesn't fit into someone's life currently, whatever your service that you offer. Um, but as times change, as children grow up, or maybe as you have children or, you know, whatever, to know, to have that in the back of your mind, like, oh yeah, like I saw the library at such and such a place. They were doing this, so maybe they have, you know, whatever service they're looking for, whatever item that they're looking for. So part of outreach is sort of keeping your name out there. Again, <laughs> I do a lot of air quotes, you can't see it, but it is keeping the library sort of in the back of people's minds. Right. Like we are there yeah. and have been now for over 100 years. I'm the worst because I never remember when we had our centennial, even though like I remember the centennial celebration. I think it was uh, 2014. Okay, we'll go with 2014. So like we've been around for like 106 years. So we want 106 more. And so we want to remain relevant in the community. Exactly. We want to yeah. serve the community that we are in and sort of give them what they need when mm -hmm. they need it. Right. Not necessarily like, you know, people don't always need something from us. I would love you to always need something <laughs> from us at all times, but that's just not realistic. Like if you think about any business that you frequent or any um, place, whatever, I can't imagine my life without the library, but that's a little bit different. <laughs> but it's just, it's interesting to think about sort of keeping keeping out there without being out there. Right. Yeah. It's it's an interesting challenge. Well, and as you said, um, libraries offer people so many possibilities. So, and I think people aren't aware. There's, I think, there's a um, still that idea that libraries are just about books. Yeah, and like they're not books, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and we've been doing ebook lending for I don't know. It's probably been years. like ten years or Coming so. Coming up on ten years for sure. Yeah. yeah. So libraries have changed. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of the most interesting part about libraries. I think Karine and I were talking about this last time, was basically we saw libraries shift hugely in spring 2020, um, you know, transitioning to online services for basically everything. But the library shifts all the time. What the library was in 1930 and what it was in 1980 and what it was in 2000 and what it is now, it's shifting all the time. It's just shifting sort of slower so you don't see it as much but yeah. you're adding things or you're taking away things as your community needs it march definitely was like a huge pivot where we all took a very steep turn but generally speaking libraries are constantly changing yeah even if you look at like um, our summer reading club oh, we used to sure. do the td summer reading club and we would just wait for our materials to arrive and then um, and it would be whatever theme they decided. Right, they decide the theme. Yeah. If they said, oh, it's going to go more online this year, well, we would try that. And um, 
I don't know what, like maybe it worked well, maybe it didn't, but at one point we finally said like, we're going to try something different this year and we're not going to use the TD programming. Um, and so I think there we found like every summer, how are we going to do the summer reading club this yeah. year? So what changes do we need to make? And what does it look like for Red Deer? Because sometimes you get yeah. packages from like TD, for example, mm-hmm. and like TD is a great program. Oh yeah, for sure. A lot of libraries yeah. see much success with that. But for us, it's thinking, what does our community need? How does this best fit? Like, is there a theme that we as staff can execute better? Yeah. Or something like that? Because I'm, I'm always a fan of play to your strengths. Oh, and yeah. I think that's what is so interesting about having, like, you as sort of the youth outreach leader. You can look at staff and say, you know, who would really be a really good fit for this partner? It would be this person because mm-hmm. of this experience instead mm-hmm. of having such segmented um, sort of partnership opportunities that maybe you don't hear about it till later and then it's like oh so and so would have been a great fit for that or this or whatever so to have you as the one contact person does that make you feel more confident sort of in our ability to partner with organizations at the level that we want to right right yeah what possibilities are you looking forward to most as 2020 ends but also as 2021 begins because you are sort of newer in this position um if you had like your dream in 2021, what does it look like? Like, where do you want us to be? Um, I just, something I would like to do is like for the youth outreach, um, I really want us to identify gaps. Like where have we not reached out? I almost like picture a map of the city and like, who have we connected? What areas are underserved? Like, even if you look at where the physical libraries are located on the map, like, yeah, um, what can we do about it? There's so many innovative ideas. Um, uh, COVID's made things really challenging, so it's hard to know like how to plan. Um, but yeah, there's like, I don't know if it would be next summer, us getting out on that book bike and going all over Red Deer or, right. I I mean, I understand that the bike is quite heavy when you load it full of books. (laughs) So you're not just like going on a little Sunday afternoon, uh, bike ride. It is a lot of work to plan that, but, um, some libraries have used book bikes. Like they've done really cool things with them. Um, there's yeah like some libraries set up wi-fi hotspots in parks or like there's oh, a really? lot involved yeah like cool. i was during covid i was reading about a library i think it was in the states i have no idea which one it was um they worked well with their city um the city would um i think some of their employees would go and set up like a tent or something the day before and once a week the library would come there would be a staff member who would come with maybe like tablets or laptops or something like what that what an excellent idea yeah but it, it needed both the city to do that, like setting up the um, structure for them to work under. Uh, And then people who did not have access to computers could just come in, use a computer for a while. Um, So like, I'm not saying that we're going to be doing that. Um, It's these interesting opportunities. Like how can you serve your community during whichever weird time might be happening or whatever normal time might be happening. Yeah. Like I think about that a lot actually about access to like library services, right? Mm Because library services are books, but they are also um, like a place to come and get a coffee and see a familiar face, or it's to check your email because that's how you check your email. I Personally, I can't imagine not being like, you know, connected at all times, but people like not being connected at all times. So they like the 
you know, the day of, I'm going to go down to the library and I'm going to check my email and I'm going to have a coffee and I'm going to chat to the security that I know and all that kind of stuff. So those little moments that are missing, those little interplays that are missing, it would be nice to bring them somehow to the world. And I think thinking about um, different, like, opportunities, obviously not everything is feasible, but, like, little things might be feasible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love getting out in the world. Yeah, it's fun. like it is fun yeah. to do that, and yeah, you meet interesting people, and it's just, uh, yeah, bringing the library or the library experience or something like that. To and I like when people others. are surprised that you're from the library. Yeah. Like you'll be at something strange, or you'll be doing something. My favorite is um, my favorite outreach program is trivia at Famoso. Mm. It's so much fun, and people are surprised that it's like library, mm-hmm. and then they think like, oh like library like what else do you have and it's it's just an interesting way so you know doing children's fest and doing festival of trees Mm -hmm. like festival of trees i'm sure some have no idea the library has ever been there and some probably look forward to it every year yeah so getting out in the world is very important yeah well those some of those outreach things like um festival of trees and children's festival there's a lot of activities for kids to yeah. do and the library's um, little puppet show area, story area, that's where kids can sit and like not be on have the go. Right. Parents can just yeah. have a little a breather too. Um, so I think there were some families who would be looking for us yeah. and I don't think you would go to those places just to go to the library's yeah. booth. Uh, but but it was really important. It's one of those stops that you make, yeah. though, right? It's part mm-hmm. of your routine. It's like, oh, we'll do this and then we'll go to the library tent and then, yeah. you know, we'll do that. And it's nice to sort of of stay in the world. I think so, yeah. I, I'm happy to talk about libraries anytime, but I might be rambling at that point <laughs> if I haven't already. I will just mention before we get into our reading, watching, listening to that the library on Instagram, for example, is doing a sort of uh, March Madness for books. So you can go on our um, Instagram stories Tuesdays and Thursdays for the different rounds of books and votes for your favorite. And then we'll have like a grand winner at the end. I don't know what it will be yet, obviously, nobody knows. But um, if you visit our Instagram at Read Your Public Library, um, you'll be able to have your vote for all the different titles. So the first round was yesterday. One of my books is already out and I have to say that I'm a little bit sad. Eleanor and Park deserved better. But anyways, other people thought otherwise. Um, But there's a lot of different things happening in October and Canadian Library Month is not, is great, and we love celebrating it, but like we have things happening every month. We don't have necessarily any programs tied to Canadian Library Month, I don't think, this time. Nothing that comes to mind specifically. We have lots of programs, but like not a Canadian Library Month specific program. Um, So like you can have Evening Artistry on October 19th, I want to say. I think that's Monday. I'm going with October 19th. I might be wrong. Check our website at rdpl.org, sorry. Um, And you can register for that. And then we have some different things that you can tune into, some book clubs. So definitely check out our calendar of events. So let's get into our reading, watching, and listening. Karen, what have you been reading? Uh, I'm reading uh, The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. It's one that's been on my to-read list for a while. I just like the cover and stuff. And I do really like Ruth Ware as an author. I know each of her books is a little different. Mm -hmm. I actually listened to the audio version of The Turn of the Key a couple weeks ago. And it was a little bit... um, I've never actually read an Agatha Christie novel. But what I think... Like, it's a little bit more of that... um, 
it's more of a mystery yeah. and um, I'm really enjoying it it's it's getting to a part where it's um, a really a good page turner so I'm really liking that one Death and Mrs. Mr. Wade gave me like Agatha Christie vibes for sure and I think it says that on the cover but maybe that's I where like, I got it from I was like oh yeah for sure it reminded me of like old school because it's like they're stuck in a house basically and mm-hmm. there's multiple characters that are a little bit strange and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of, it was very Agatha Christie vibes yeah a little bit yeah creepy but not too creepy so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying that hers though was the dark dark wood did you read that one? I did. Um, that had good pacing. I can't really remember, but it was good enough that it got me reading her books. Yeah. I really enjoyed The Woman in Cabin 10. I know a lot of people are like not fans of that one, but I did enjoy that. But I've never read The the Lion Game, her next one. I started I it and could not get into it. And then she has her new one, you can place it on hold right now, called One by One. I believe I have that one on hold. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm also, I just actually like just yesterday opened up a new book um the library at the edge of the world oh i've seen that cover and i've heard about it um i came across it i was ordering uh books i don't know like a month ago or so and the late it's a series and i think book five or something just was was released and i can't remember what the fifth one or like the newest one was called and i just thought it sounded intriguing and like a book about a library right (laughs) at the edge of the world it sounds fun the cover is quite pretty so i don't know i just started it so fingers crossed it's a good one like uh, paper reader, an e-reader, an audio listener. What drops it de- actually depends. I used to be a paper reader. Exclusively. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I was not a fan of audiobooks, but I found that audiobooks, um, some of them work really well for me. Um, for example, um, the story, the one hundred year old man who stepped up uh, the window and disappeared, or yeah. whatever it's called. Something like that. Yeah. Um, the world's longest title. Right. <laughs> yeah. I heard good things about it. I started reading it. I could not get into it. And then I got the audio version and it was so well done. I just loved it. So I kind of pick and choose if it's a book that I can get in audio. I'm struggling to read it. Um, I will listen to the audio. Um, and I I do have a habit now of just browsing through Libby. Um, I was using RB Digital quite a bit. I That's kind of changing. So I haven't used it as much lately. Um, but like I listened to most of the shopaholic books uh, during COVID, <laughs> and they were like, like perfect. A nice light listen, sort of in the background. Right? Yes, I like yeah, kind of a combination of maybe more like a little bit deeper reads versus like lighthearted ones. Yeah. So. And what have you been watching? What would you recommend for listeners? Um, so I was in a bit of a TV watching slump. I was not watching much TV, but now I oh I started watching season four of The Good Place. Oh, I love The Good Place. Yeah, it's been a while since <laughs> I've seen it, so it took me a while to get back on track, but that's uh, entertaining. Um, I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is very funny, so I enjoy that. I haven't watched that. that one at all. There's always references to Bro- Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and anytime I see a clip of something, I'm like, it's funny, why am I not watching it? And you then should. I haven't watched it yet. It, it, if you need something lighthearted, like, before I go to bed, I, wa- I do not want to watch anything serious. Yeah. It is perfect. I laugh. It takes my mind off of my day. I laugh every episode, like, oh, multiple wow. times. Nice. Yes. That is a ringing endorsement, because if you can laugh on your own, mm-hmm. like, it's funny. Yeah, I think it's very funny. Yeah. Like, whenever I'm watching a comedy and I don't laugh on my own, I'm just like, okay, it's fine. Because it's always easier to laugh with people. I don't know why. Do you find that? 
Like, if something's funny, it's, like... It's funnier when you're with a yeah. crowd. This does have some kind of immature humor, so maybe <laughs> that appeals. I don't know. I and that. then I also watched... Um, I just finished uh, Virgin River on Netflix. Someone recommended it, a colleague. Oh, nice. And I quite enjoyed it. So. I, just, I was just talking to somebody about this because I am not familiar with the Virgin River series. It's a long-running romance series. Well, this was a... This is a new Netflix one. It's on a book series, though. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So the newest book was sent to me from Library Journal, and I'm not familiar with the series at all. My mom loved that one. I think a couple of other people told me about it as well, probably a similar colleague. <laughs> um, and then, so I was reading the new book yesterday, and I don't know anything about it, crying, crying so much at the end, because it was so like heartwarming. And it was a nice Christmas story, so I could just imagine the show would probably just really get you. <laughs> well, there was only about 10 episodes, I think. And at first I was like, I just was passing time. Yeah. But then the episodes were like kind of cliffhanger endings. I had to know what was going to happen. Did they cliffhanger the series? At yes, the they did. There was. I thought there would be more episodes. Oh, I was like, it can't tricky. be over yet. So now <laughs> I can't wait till I think it's December when season two comes. Oh, they already filmed them? Uh, yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, that's lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good news. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so what have you been listening to? Um, what have I been listening to? Um, I'm blanking. I'm not listening to, uh, obviously, not something super exciting, because I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, oh, I just um, downloaded The Air Affair. Um, it's the sequel to The Royal We. Oh, okay. I actually have not read The Royal We. <laughs> I was just looking for something lighthearted to listen to. I don't listen to a lot of romance, so I'm... I'm on the fence about it right now. Romance, like, everyone at the library knows, and probably the listeners by now, know that I love romance. However, I do find some of romance to be very hard to listen to. I don't find it hard to read, but sometimes when it's being read to me, I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. So, like, romance can go both ways. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to finish it or not, but I, I um, the, it's, the book's been well-reviewed, but... Yeah. Well, that series, uh, like, Royal We's yeah. been... I keep hearing about Popular it. It's, yeah, there's Royal been Royal holds Royal. on it like constantly yeah. lately. So we'll see. <laughs> Reserving judgment till later. Right. So I have been reading Betty Neils, who is a 1970s Harlequin <laughs> writer. Um, she has a number of like, I've already started reading Christmas romances. Last year I did not read a single one, and I started reading Christmas romances this year in, in August. So Christmas romances continue. Betty Neils, because she wrote for Harlequin for like, 40 years has quite a few and they're just like super lighthearted they're all basically the same story the woman is always a nurse the hero is always a doctor usually from like Sweden or something and she's always English the nurses and it's just like nice little stories they're very like clean there's nothing explicit it's always you know tied up neatly as a bow I like them a lot but then I'm also going to recommend a graphic novel that wasn't exactly what I expected, but I still liked. So it was called Fangs by Sarah Anderson, which some people would know her from her other work she has. Oh, and now I'm blanking completely on her other work. But if you look up Sarah Anderson and you see her comics, you'll be like, absolutely no. Um, but Fangs is about, um, they're sort of just like one-off comics throughout the entire book, a progression of a relationship between a vampire woman and a werewolf uh, guy, but they're just like normal people, and it's very cute, and she sort of has that cute style, um, and the book is beautiful. It's this really, really deep red, and the cover is just very stark, in this, and it has like that, 
it's not smooth. It has like sort of that rough material and it's just so bright red and it just drew me to it like immediately. And you read it in like 25 minutes. The library has it, but it was really good. It was just cute. So if you want like your Goodreads goal, this is an easy read, do it. So then I've been watching two wildly different shows. I've been watching Raised by Wolves, which is a show, a sci-fi show on HBO about, well, I don't even know what it's about. I don't know how to explain it. Androids raise children and then some of them died and then they kidnapped other children um, because Earth sort of disintegrated and sent out all of these different ships. It's very messy, but it's, <laughs> it makes sense when you're, when you're watching it. And it's um, produced by Ridley Scott, who is my aliens person. I love the alien films. Mm, Anyways, okay. So it's like very dark, it's very graphic, it's super unnerving. Like it's not good. But then also I've been watching Golden Girls. Oh fun. <laughs> yeah. A little so, different. Yeah, Golden Girls is on Prime now. So like if you have a Prime Amazon account, you get Prime TV or whatever. And I was flipping through there trying to like see what I wanted to watch and then I was gonna watch Scream and then I saw Golden Girls. So I started watching Golden Girls and I see why people still reference it. It's funny. Like those old ladies, they're funny. I haven't I've not seen that many episodes of it. I just remember watching it as a kid and like not probably getting any of it. And then now I don't know, they have like funny like feminist <laughs> kind of stuff and I I was there for it. I'm into it. So I'm listening to two audiobooks right now. Um, Persuasion by Jane Austen and I don't think that needs an introduction. I, that's my favorite Jane Austen. Did you, do you read Jane Austen ever? Um, I've only read a couple of her books, but audio, that's a good idea. There were a lot, and I think we have a lot of them because they were in that open source. Oh, okay, right. Um, ones. But Persuasion is by and large my favorite. Um, and I really enjoy this reading. Um, it's quite good. It has weird pauses, and I don't know why. So like sometimes I think that my phone has shorted out and I look at it and it's still playing. So oh, weird. Yeah. So if you're listening to Persuasion and it has that, it's normal. Um, and then for my bedtime book, typically I listen to nonfiction, but I'm listening to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne because it, it felt like a book that I should have read by now. I think I did actually read that yeah, one I think years people, ago. Yeah. I think most people read it as like a kid and a teen because it's like everywhere. Like it's referenced a lot and I didn't know anything about it. And to be honest with you, because it's my bedtime book, I don't know all of it now because it's 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 designed to put me to sleep, to relax me and put me to sleep. But it's a good narrator and it's an interesting story and some of the bits they really do like catch my attention, which is not great for bedtime. That's why I don't really listen mm. to nonfiction and stuff that I've read before. But it's a good one, so I would recommend it. So Karen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And in celebration of Canadian Library Month, I hope everyone else is having a great October, a great fall. We had a nice fall, actually. It's beautiful every day driving. Those colors are just lovely. Need yeah. to get out and enjoy it. Alberta is particularly nice in the fall. I Some falls. Fall. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Proper falls, not winter falls. Um, yeah, I don't want snow, but there was frost on my car two days ago, and I was very upset about it. But as long as we say fall, I'm happy. So we will be back next month in November talking to Trish about being a maker and turning passion projects into library programs. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.